From San Francisco, California, I'm Frank Wing, and you're listening to the Rock Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and the way they affect our daily lives. Joining us today are Svilin and Konstantin Rangeloff from Dynamics. So stay tuned for all this here on the Rock Science Show. Welcome back to the program. Ever wonder how the stuff you buy on Amazon gets to you? It comes by ship, cargo plane, and by truck. Well, joining us right now are two brothers who believe they can change all of that, Svilin and Konstantin Ragolov. And today, they're here to talk about their new company, Dronamics. They're developing an unmanned vehicle called the Black Swan, and it can deliver packages over thousands of miles. Svilin, Konstantin, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So you've been developing a new drone called a Black Swan, and it's intended to carry cargo over long distances. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, how this works? Our idea was to build a smaller building block for the airplane industry. So we came up with the concept of a fixed-wing drone to carry about 350 kilograms, which is 770 pounds. And the range is 2,500 kilometers, which is about 1,550 miles. Is it intended to uh, go over seas and oceans, or is it only land-based? It can do both within that range. We have a landing gear. It's intended to land land. The basic idea is first to be able to transport smaller cargo uh, across long distances in emerging markets in uh, Asia, Africa, Latin America, a lot of these regions and countries, they have challenging geographies and they have to cross vast amounts of water. So in terms of um, industries you're you're trying to approach, uh, are you looking at like the post service? Or are you looking more for industrial uses of delivery? You could think of us as a similar to the postal service. So mail as well as uh, e-commerce would be the backbone of a service like that. But then agriculture and pharma products, they need to maintain the cold chain. So in terms of the technology, could you tell us a little bit about this? Are these components off the shelf or are you manufacturing everything in-house? I'm going to jump in on that because we are using some components we are using off the shelf and others we have to design, prototype, and build and test ourselves, uh, which are not readily available or at an extreme price. For example, most of the components uh, that are available for in the retail industry, they're made for small toy-like UAVs, not something professional. So the reliability of that is uh, quite low. And that is why we sometimes have to actually make the hard decision of taking a little bit more time to design our own system and actually manufacture it and test it out. 
So what what are the key technologies that's enabling this? Would you say it's more of the battery or the electronics or the avionics? Well, it's um, mostly the, the, the aircraft's design because it's uh, from the very beginning, it uh, was uh, molded around the idea that it could transport cargo with no people on board. So once you get rid of the assumption that you should support life on board of the system, uh, you have a little bit more freedom to actually do design decisions that are unorthodox in the industry, so to say. And according to those decisions that we've made, uh, we actually have our own design of the aircraft, which is really focused on the aerodynamics and the efficiency of the aircraft. And also uh, the autopilot and electronics, they support and actually add on to, to that design. So, for example, a package will not really be angry that it, it went through a bit of a turbulence, but a person will be. So you already have a proof of concept. Yeah, we, we've been testing with a quarter-scale prototype, which has a wingspan of about 13 feet, 4 meters. So the, the full-scale prototype, which we are now in the design phase of, the full-scale prototype has 50 feet wingspan. And how long of a runway do you need for it to take off? Just under 400 meters. And then when it's at its maximum cruising altitude, what what's the elevation? It's about 7,500 meters. Okay, so uh, it gets really high in the sky then. It does, yeah. It's it actually has a piston engine. It's not a it's not battery powered. And I see. This is this is important. We we use uh, regular gasoline, which especially in small smaller remote communities. It's much easier to source than reliable electricity. Anyway, yeah, like we, like I, I love to say that there's two things you can always find anywhere in the world. One of them is gasoline. The other one is Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. They're all, they're both black. So lately, there's been a lot of news about electric airplanes. Uh, for example, there's a company called Kitty Hawk here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and then another one called Blackfly, based out of Australia. Do you think the future of aviation will be battery-powered drones and aircrafts, or do you think the combustion engine is still uh, key to this? We are probably the, the farthest along team in, uh, in, in the world in terms of unmanned cargo for civilian use, and uh, we, we, we have a very good relationship with IATA, ICAO, and, uh, and regulatory bodies. And anytime there's a, there's a conference, there's a big issue about lithium batteries. So our answer is yes, electric propulsion is definitely the future, but the current battery technology is, is not, not gonna be part of that future. We, we, we think that there's gonna have to be um, a, a lot more advances in the labs and then coming out of the lab and move. Uh, and then you mentioned that you've been working with the IATA, the uh, international organization that involves flight transport um in terms of the the regulations is the framework already in place or is there still a lot of discussions needed to make these technologies uh you know safe for commercial use there's definitely a way to go um right now there's not a one clear unified drone regulation that everyone around the world follows different countries are able to take different approaches uh, depending on their current needs and you know, like a, a country with with you know smaller economy but uh, larger geography that 
doesn't have enough resources to build the highways and to reach those. A country like that would be much more open to new technology, whereas a country like the US or countries in the European Union, where these are, I mean, Europe and the US are the most crowded airspace, uh, their uh, adoption would happen more slowly because first, airspace is more crowded. Second, you have a lot more other alternatives to uh, have very good, especially when it comes to cargo transport. You have very good rail networks and very good roads. But uh, organizations like IATA and, and more importantly, uh, ICAO, they're looking ahead into the future and they're looking towards uh, innovators like okay. you mentioned, uh, our company, to inform them. The more the more tests we do, the more data we generate, the better rules that we create. How do you address security? Um, you know, how do you make sure your your planes are not getting hacked and someone's gonna you know take your aircraft off course? Well, about that, we have a couple of tricks up our sleeves, so to say. We have a fail-safe uh, system on board that is monitoring its separate system and it's more monitoring the the behavior of the aircraft. And also, we we've ensured that whatever signals we send to and from the aircraft are going through high-level security that I cannot really talk about right now. Eventually, even if all things break loose and um, the aircraft starts falling, uh, we also have designed in a parachute that can retrieve the whole aircraft completely intact. There's also, when you think about the cargo scenario, you have to ask yourself, if you're going to have a bad actors, what would they be after? So in terms of you know actual uses, have you thought about using this for delivery of medical supplies or disaster relief? Yes, uh, we're working on a variant that could uh, deliver cargo uh, without having to land. We'll be happy to work with uh, international aid organizations. So going forward, you know, what are your priorities? Is it to to have a scaled up version of the air, uh, aircraft, or is it to find more partners to the, for demonstration? Our goal is within the next year or year and a half to build a full-scale prototype and test it with at least three customers. And then after that, uh, see if there are any changes that we need to introduce. Um, and once we are done with the designing, then we can start mass production. The one, one thing that's interesting about the aircraft as well is that uh, we're very careful to design it in a way to make sure it will be mass producible. So if you think about it's the size of a general aviation aircraft, there are only like 3,000 of these in the world made every year. Uh, whereas the demand for a product like ours is going to the tens of thousands a year uh, easily. The whole point for us is to replace one freighter with a hundred of our aircraft. Mm -hmm. uh, our advanced aerodynamics is for the customer to be sure that they pay actually even less per unit of weight over unit of distance because most packages are smaller than 800 pounds anyway. Uh, what kind of partners are you looking for? Are you, are you interested to work with Amazon or any of the uh, logistics services firms? We've spoken with quite a lot of companies in the 
industry, the best reception we get is uh, from e-commerce companies, precisely, and also uh, couriers and cargo airlines. Uh, they all recognize the need to introduce new technology with which to make deliveries faster and cheaper. You know, going forward, what are you most excited about uh, for the next six to 12 months? When we got our first investment, my brother and I uh, decided not to shave until we build a full-scale prototype and fly. Uh, we were very optimistic, this was three and a half years ago. We we're very much looking forward to building that full-scale prototype and flying it within the next year so that we can finally get a clean shave. Constantine, Svilin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. And we were just talking to Svilin and Constantine Rangelov from Domanix. Yes, and you heard it right. They will not shave off their beard until they build their full-scale drone. In the meantime, you can check out the video of the pilot drone on the website at www.dromanix.com. And that's all for this week's edition of the Rock Science Show. Make sure you tune in again next week for more from the world of science, technology, and the way they affect our daily lives. In the meantime, you can check us out on the web at www.grox.net, on Facebook and Twitter. You can also email us at science at grox.net. For Grox Science, I'm Frank Ling. Stay tuned here for more music. Da, 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 da.